Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Derbyshire Wildlife Trust podcast with me, Ian Pringle. It's been quite a while since episode 3, and since then, a lot has happened. The world has shifted completely. It has been the most disastrous time and the most amazing time for people. We've been through lockdown. So, focusing on the positives, I guess... Um, although lockdown and the coronavirus is, has been a disaster for many, many people, it has been quite a good thing for nature. I asked just briefly on Facebook a while ago what kind of things people had noticed and seen that they hadn't really noticed and seen before lockdown. People talked about um, seeing gold crests in their tree, jays flying, sparrowhawks flying, um, many mentions of seeing um, uh, hares. I myself saw uh, a, a hare, which I've never seen before, um, in a local spot near me in Belper, just sitting by the side of a stone wall and then darting across the field. So there's been some really, really amazing things. People seeing roe deer in the woods. Um, so much um, stuff and people got really excited. I had a huge response to my little Facebook question. Um, so many people responded to me talking about frogs they'd seen and various flowers. And I think not only um, of people is there a sense that there seems to be more nature around. I think there's also this thing that because people have had time, they've been looking at nature more and noticing things more. Some of that's because it's been quiet. Some of that's because they've had less other things to do. So the three articles I've chosen to read to you from Derbyshire Wildlife Trust's magazine, um, I guess all touch on the theme of lockdown and disease and the amazing things that people can do when they come together. Grow back better. What does green recovery look like? Joe Smith. As a result of lockdown, our air is fresher. Fish have reappeared in our urban waterways, birdsong is louder and more vibrant, and mammals are regularly seen meandering through our cities and towns. Our world feels greener. Our world is greener. Nature has benefited from several months of reduced economic activity. Lockdown has also reminded us all of the importance of nature and wild spaces. For those of us lucky enough to have nature on our doorstep, wildlife has become a refuge from the stress and pressure of lockdown. Plus, streets have become car-free, cycle lanes have been created overnight and people have stopped flying. These changes could drive lasting transformational change for how we live, much of which would benefit nature as well as people. Economic recovery and nature's recovery need to go hand in hand and we need to ensure everyone has access to high-quality, local, wild spaces, not just the privileged few. In Derbyshire, we want to see more of our land managed for nature. We need our farms, our gardens and our cities and towns to leave more space for nature to thrive. Roadside verges provide a simple example. They have the potential to be key wildlife highways, a nature recovery network that is already laid across our county. During lockdown, bees and butterflies have benefited from glorious displays of wild flowers in our roadside verges all across Derbyshire. Sadly, we have recently witnessed the loss of many of these wonderful mini-habitats as lockdown starts to ease. Many have been brutally and unnecessarily cut back. This local habitat loss reflects a much wider issue. 
If we return to business as usual as lockdown eases, then we will see a rapid return to habitat loss, wildlife extinctions and ecological emergencies. Our air will be less fresh, our waterways less clean and birdsong will again be drowned out by the constant hum of huge volumes of traffic and aircraft. We cannot allow this to happen. We now have a rare opportunity to grow back better and reshape our economy in a way that utilises natural solutions, solutions which enable nature to recover and thrive, ensure a lower carbon future and benefits both wildlife and people. To ensure a genuine green recovery, we will need to mobilise your support. If you're a member of the Derbyshire Wildlife Trust, look out for your invitation to our public consultation. We want to know what a green recovery means to you. But if you are ready to share your ideas about how we can collectively ensure a wilder future now, then please email inquiries at derbyshirewt.co.uk. That's inquiries at derbyshirewt.co.uk. Ash Dieback, the silent killer. Kieran Houston and Julia Gow look at the impact that ash dieback is having on our wildlife and how we'll be approaching management of our ash woodlands in the future. What is ash dieback? Caused by the fungus Hymenocyphus fraxinius, ash dieback is now established across Derbyshire. Sadly, we expect the disease will kill up to 95% of our ash trees in the next 15 years. Young trees will be affected first, but as time goes on, we will see the loss of most of our mature veteran ash trees. Many types of woodland will be affected, but the upland ash woodlands of the limestone dales are especially vulnerable, and we are already starting to see the disease on the Trust's reserves at Cheedale, Cramside, Millersdale and Priestcliff Lees. How will the loss of ash impact on the wildlife of these woodlands? Worryingly, ash dieback has wider-reaching consequences for wildlife. Recent research by the Forestry Commission suggests that nearly 1,000 species are associated with ash in some way, and over 70 of these are high-risk and considered to be in danger of extinction or severe decline. Over 170 further species are medium-risk and may decline too. Ash woodlands are rich in plants, lichens and fungi, including common and rare species. Rare vascular plants such as narrow-leaved bittercress, lily of the valley and Solomon seal all occur in ash woodlands. They and many others are vulnerable to potential changes, like changes in light levels and soil chemistry. Increases in competitive grasses, taller herbs and bramble could have impacts. Some species may increase too, like ramsons and wood anemone, spindle and gilder rose. Thirty species of invertebrates are dependent on ash, with hundreds more making use of the habitat, including bugs, flies, moths and beetles. Many beetles, for example, crampball fungus weevil, Platyrhinus resinosus, feed on the fungus King Alfred's cakes, a fungus largely dependent on ash. Unless King Alfred's cakes can adapt to use the dead wood of other trees, it is likely that both it and beetle species will decline. Among moths, perhaps the most vulnerable is Dusky Thorn, which has suffered a 98% population decline between 1968 and 2007. Eleven species of fungi and four species of lichen are completely dependent on ash, and many others will be affected. 
Future management. The impacts of ash dieback on many species will be unpredictable and in some cases likely to vary from wood to wood and over time. However, it is clear that large-scale woodland changes are now likely to occur and will have lasting impacts on wildlife. Some species may go extinct or suffer large population and range declines. It is possible that some species will adapt and move from ash to other trees, so ensuring that there is a wide range of potential, like oak, beech, sycamore, aspen, rowan and more, will give them the best chance of long-term survival. Changes in abundance and distribution of vascular plant species must be carefully monitored, the impacts of different management approaches assessed and efforts made to improve knowledge of the distribution of affected species. There is also ongoing research into disease-resistant ash strains and these may eventually bear fruit. Exotic Fraxinus species may, in limited situations, allow species to hold on. What we're doing the Wildlife Trust is working with partners across the Peak District to plan how to manage our White Peak woodlands for the future. Within the Peak District dales, there are over 800 hectares of ash-dominated woodlands. They are located within the iconic steep limestone dales of this special area of conservation and are the largest examples of this priority habitat in the UK. We have carried out general surveys in the Wye Valley woodlands where we can. In some places, we found a large number of willow trees, meaning that there should be plenty of woodland cover in the future. In other areas, we found a dense understory of hazel coppice, meaning in future, although we may not have high canopy woodlands, there will still be woodland. In Cheedale, sadly, the outlook isn't so bright. Much of Cheedale is impossible to survey on foot, so we have enlisted the help of a local volunteer who plans to film the area with a licensed drone. The woodland is heavily dominated by ash, so it is likely that the habitat will deteriorate, possibly leading to the wholesale loss of woodland. Historically, these woods were more diverse. In addition to birch, rowan and willow, there would have been more lime and elm, However, much was cut for fuel and grazing reduced the natural regeneration. Many of the elms have succumbed to Dutch elm disease, although witch elm remains the sub-canopy. We are looking at ways to re-diversify woodlands so that as the ash disappears, other native species can move in. The nature of these sites makes this difficult. Trees affected by ash dieback become brittle, so working in the woodland is likely to become dangerous. We are working to get joint funding for a large restoration project which will enable us to clear areas of ash woodland and replant with a mixture of species, including locally sourced disease-resistant elms, lime, willows, alder and aspen. We will also monitor for ash trees showing signs of resistance to ash dieback, which could provide seeds and a source for cuttings in the future. Work on the steep slopes of Cheedale will be more problematic, with clearing and replanting likely to be unfeasible. The technology for using drones to apply tree seeds is in its infancy, but may be possible in a few years' time. We are hoping that for much of this ravine, woodland will remain unmanaged, and so it is possible that species like willow, hazel and birch may step forward to fill the spaces left behind by the sadly deceased ash. Local environment groups making a difference for nature. We all want to make a difference to address some of the major environmental challenges facing us. 
Many people are concerned about the environmental impacts of our modern lifestyle after seeing alarming television programs or newspaper reports. But it's not just global impacts which concern us. We can also see the decline in wildlife in our local communities. We can remember the sound of skylarks, lapwings and swifts in our summer skies, spring meadows full of buttercups and other wildflowers and collecting frog spawn and newts in local ponds. Thanks to lockdown, we are more familiar with wildlife on our doorstep than ever before, and despite the many differing personal challenges lockdown has brought, the old adage, think global, act local, feels more possible than ever before too. If our combined actions can get almost three quarters of cars off the roads, if in our communities we can support thousands of people in isolation and other seemingly impossible feats, maybe together we can make real change in other areas too and restore our battered natural world and the wildlife that depends on it. So where do we start? Over the last year, several new environmental groups have been established in Derbyshire in response to the ecological and the climate crisis, and they have already seen people coming together from across their communities to take action. Back in July 2019, more than 150 people flocked to the launch of Hope Valley Climate Action, and the group now has 300 members across the local area. Our natural world is in crisis, and climate change is a problem that is facing all of us now says Jane Campbell, Project Development Lead for Hope Valley Climate Action. We knew that to tackle it, we needed to bring every part of our community together to take urgent action. We broke ground on our first tree planting project in March and we're now campaigning for a better walking and cycling access through and between our villages. Another community group established in June 2019 is the Tideswell and District Environment Group, TDEG, the group organises itself on the basis of smaller action projects, focusing on climate change, litter picks, ethical consumerism, greening local businesses, recycling and wildlife, and now has over 90 local people on its mailing list. Over the last year, around 80 people completed a survey which aimed to find out how often people noticed different birds and animals in the area and what actions they would like to take to improve nature. Since the survey, TDEG have initiated a new project to erect swift nest boxes in their area with the help of grant aid from the Peak District National Park Authority and Derbyshire Dales District Council. They are also working with Tideswell Parish Council and the Sports Association to consider how to improve biodiversity on other land in the village, as well as responses to the climate emergency. They have established initiatives such as the recycling of crisp packets at the local co-op and pop-up recycling at group meetings has included items as diverse as IT equipment and toothbrushes. They are also exploring the use of reusable beer cups for Wakes Week. Three successful litter-picking walks have been held and advice to local companies about reducing their environmental impact is also on offer. TDEG regards one of its important roles as simply raising awareness and providing a forum for individuals to learn from each other and swap ideas for behaviour change and ethical consumerism. Our local Facebook page is very active, says Lynn Crow, chair of TDEG. Many people post news and events, ask questions, provide information and just share their love of the local environment. In Buxton, a new group, Buxton Biodiversity, has been formed with the existing Buxton Civic Association, BCA. 
This was partly prompted by perceived threats to some locally important wildlife habitats, for example at the Serpentine Gardens where a long-established wildflower area was under threat, and in Cunningdale where Nestlé were applying for planning permission to run a pipeline through part of the SSSI and an SAC. Working closely with members of Buxton Field Club, the BCA felt a new biodiversity group, with a clear voice and purpose, plus some clout and shared knowledge and local expertise, would enable the community to tackle these different challenges more effectively. The new group had its first meeting in December 2019, and 35 people attended. We're hoping to focus on four aspects, says Rachel Purchase, gathering evidence and surveying sites to provide a baseline against which to measure progress managing projects which engage people and achieve clear actions, campaigning and activism to spread the word and encourage local people to be more involved in wildlife conservation, and building partnerships with others through the development of a biodiversity forum involving all relevant groups in Buxton. This might, for example, lead to identifying green corridors, such as parks, linking to common land, gardens, BCA woodland and to the moors above the town, so that all four aspects can be applied to one large project. Working together We are working to strengthen relationships between local groups and Derbyshire Wildlife Trust. Community-based groups can mobilise local people very effectively, particularly when sites are threatened. Local people can also have considerable ecological expertise with knowledge and often good records of their local environment. The Trust can support local groups with expertise on everything from specific wildlife issues to potential partners who could offer assistance or funding. The Trust can provide information such as online materials, communication and media resources or educational resources. We can work together to promote each other's activities such as the recycling opportunities at the Trust's shops, guided walks and volunteering. To address the environmental challenges facing all of us, we need a step change in our awareness, in our personal behaviour and our level of engagement in environmental action. Support of local groups and working in partnership to achieve these changes will make a difference. If you'd like to get involved or hear more about these groups, you can contact Buxton Biodiversity Group at communications at buxtoncivicassociation.org.uk Hope Valley Climate Action at hopevalleyclimateaction at gmail.com Tideswell and District Environment Group at info at tdeg.org.uk And to find out more about other local groups or to tell us about yours, please contact inquiries at derbyshirewt.co.uk so there you have it. That's three articles from the Derbyshire Wildlife Trust magazine. Um, I've been Ian Pringle. Um, if you like listening to me and you want to listen to more of the things I do, then visit my website, www.ianpringlevoiceover.com. Um, and if you want to do more or hear more about Derbyshire Wildlife Trust, then go to that website, www.derbyshirewildlifetrust.org.uk. Um, if you like this podcast, please tell your friends about it, share it, um, put it out there on Facebook or Twitter. Um, click the like button if you're listening to this on Apple or any other platform. That's really helpful. OK, thanks for listening. Goodbye.